We're starting a, uh, a new series um, today, and uh, of the uh, the seven I Ams, and uh, I just thought it would be um, uh, prudent to actually cover a few things um, to undergird the the uh, the next um, six. I'm assuming that there, there is another six series, and. Um, so just if you've got your Bibles with you, I'd love you to, to open them. And if you haven't got one, they're for sale out in the foyer. And if you can't afford one, I'm sure we could find, rustle up a New Testament or something for you as well. I go to TAFE. Oh, I go to TAFE. I've never been to TAFE. But I'm, you go to school or anywhere, the first thing to do is give you a textbook, yeah? Okay, so as a Christian, you need a textbook. John 6.35, and it says, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes on me shall never thirst. Jesus uses uh, seven I ams, uh, referring to himself. But I, what, I, what I want to do here is, because we could miss this, I've shared this in college with the, the guys and uh, the girls, actually. Um, but the significance, and I, I want to point this out to you, in your Bibles this morning. And the first thing I want to do is, is if you've got your Bibles with you, I want you to go turn over into Exodus and uh, chapter 3. So I want to give you a little, bit of a, a little bit of a background while you're doing that. So Moses has gone up to the mountain to meet with God. And there was a burning bush. And he's going, wow, this is amazing. I must turn aside and have a look. What is this burning bush? And it says, and a voice came out of the bush. And this discussion takes place between Moses and God. And God is telling him what he wants. This is what I want you to do. I want you to tell the people this, etc. I want you to go forward and doing this. And Moses says to him in, in, in verse 14, he says to him, Who would I say has sent me? And God says, Tell them, I am has sent you. So he's got to go back down the hill and tell them I am sent me. There's a little bit of a joke there, but I won't go into it this morning because Moses had a speech impediment. No, I won't do that one. <laughs> That's why I reckon it was short. He did. He had a speech impediment. That's why he asked his brother to be his spokesman. And rather than giving him a really long Hebrew name, he just said, oh, just tell them I am sent you. And so you get your... So God says, I am. And by saying that, he's not saying, I was, I will be, I might be, I am. God lives outside of this three-dimensional. We live in time, space, and matter. Okay? God doesn't live in that, otherwise he wouldn't be God. What makes him God is he lives outside of that. So then... We see a few verses. I'm going to read them out to you in John 8 and verse 56. And I just want to do this quickly so I can just give it a bit of a background. In John 8 verse 56 it says, and through to 59 it says, Speaking to Jesus, your father Abraham, sorry, Jesus speaking, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. 
And verse 57, it says, And then the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham. And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham came into being, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went forth out of the temple, going through the midst of them and passed on by. Can I encourage you? It's great having, I'm reading a Bible at the moment called The Story, and it's absolutely brilliant. And it's also for sale out there. I think there's another copy out there. And it's just a story. It's just the Bible as a story. But can I please plea with you, encourage you to get a Bible that is as close to an original translation as possible? Because what happens is we miss stuff. So some of you might look in your Bible this morning that you're reading and where it's got, and Jesus said, and before Abraham was, before Abraham was, I am. You might just find it's just written in just normal letters, but some of you who are reading either a New King James or an NIV will actually notice that in your Bible, it's actually written with large letters, capital letters, I am. So because the translators recognise the significance of this is because it is at this point that Jesus is declaring his divinity. See, and that's why I said it's for this reason that they, 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 wanted just, they wanted to grab him. I mean, that's the whole reason why they crucified Jesus. He said he was God. You see, and the impact that this is having on his listeners, on these Jewish people, that didn't go, go past them without noticing it because for Jewish people, what they learnt, when they learnt, they didn't just learn education, if you like. It was their history. It was about who they are. They're an amazing people. 2,000 years without a land. Still retain their culture and their language. Never seen before. 2,000 years, still have a culture. So they understood. They were very well versed in this particular scripture that Jesus is using. Truly, before Abraham was born, I am. Whoa. I mean, that's... So, so, so you're him? And it goes on again. I'm going to show you this. This is amazing. Um, so he's declaring his divinity. Then they came to arrest Jesus. They came to they're coming to get him now because he said he was the I am. As I said, in your Bible it should have a big I and a big AM, and some of it it just misses it. You know, some of the Bibles have even seen it, it's got I have been. And I want you to understand the importance of when we're reading our Bible that we're we are we are getting and we're understanding well, why is that written like that? Again in John 18.4, Then Jesus, knowing all things that were coming upon him, went out and said to them, Who do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am. And in your Bibles, a lot of Bibles just says, little letters, I am he. We don't get the significance. He just said, I am. And at that point, the soldiers and everybody who had come to arrest him, between three and 600 people, fell backwards. The power of him making the, de- the, the declaration, I am. Boom! Down they, <laughs> down they went. Now, do you know, here's the amazing thing. He went, after that, he went voluntarily. Take me. For you and me. 
He could have just, man, blown this thing apart. This is not. And like a sheep, he's led to slaughter. He went peaceably for you and me. He said, whilst I'm God, that I could do whatever I like here, I am now choosing to humble myself, submit my life, and to give it for you and me. That's pretty, that's pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. Word done. He wasn't taken by force. He went voluntarily. I am, says I have has been. Not I will be, or I used to be, or I might be. He says, no, I am. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, I am the shepherd, I am the door, and all the rest that we cover, I want you to understand the word I am there is a covenant name. And it can go a little further, I think, without changing the context of it too much. Whilst he remains and forever will be the I am, we need to choose when we're going to say, you are. He declares, what do we declare? We can say, yeah, here's the I am. But he has now become, you are. You are my shepherd. You are my door. You are my bread. It's a decision that we make in our life. Okay, that's just, as I said, just, that's just a brief. I just wanted to cover that. So we'll go on and we'll do the bread of life. Excuse me. You guys really made me cry. <laughs> They're lovely, aren't you? <laughs> Beautiful people. Oh, I love my church. You know, I love my church because I see people coming in here and just as I did, just, my life got changed. And it's just indescribable what... what just what... Virginia. Oh, God, here she goes, oh... I haven't got a word for you except you just you're wonderful. A little bossy but wonderful. <laughs> you're so good. You're just so good. It's all these diamonds in his crown. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. People will never know the things that go on with the team out there in the kitchen, all the unseen parts. So it says, we've got all these people are upstairs at the moment working with the children, out of sight, out of mind. Please pray for them. They're our, our next leaders and, and, and the men and women that, that serve up there. They just, oh, take my hat off. I did it once. Oh, boy, it's a calling. It's a calling. There was none left by the time, because I sent them all back to their parents. <laughs> oh. I remember we were a wedding. I just get things wrong. I say things wrong sometimes. And there was this young boy there, and I was sitting there talking to a lady, and he had like a slingshot thing, and he struck this woman with a macadamia nut. <laughs> so I went and grabbed him by the arm, and I dragged him over. He wasn't not my child, but... Um, made him apologise and I held up, held up the macadamia nut. I said, you ever do that again? I said, I'm going to shove it up your nose. <laughs> well, I had unusual disciplining when I was a child. <laughs> so monkey see, monkey do. Um, 
And the next minute I know, I had, had the mother there uh, with the boy and the nut. And uh, he didn't do it again. I am the bread of life. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says that he has placed eternity in the heart of man. Therefore, I believe that every single man and woman hungers to find and understand what, what this eternity is in the very core of our being. And I believe... It is central to discovering two basic things. The first one is identity. And the second one is destiny. And in identity, what we're seeing at the moment, I believe, is the greatest push in all time for people to discover their identity. And we're seeing it outworked in the gender issue. That who I am might be accepted and loved. Can you see if we feed from the wrong place, we'll be fed the wrong thing? To know who you are is that you're a son and a daughter of God, loved beyond belief. Gee, that'll do me. I, I don't have to wander around. And that's what the world's looking for. Who am I? Who, who am I? And what, do they, and, and what do they feed that with? They feed it with opinion. They feed it with emotion. Can, can I tell you today, emotions go up and down. You get a hold of the Word of God because you're going to find there's days, there's times when your emotions are screaming at you and you have to take a stand on the bread of life. Take a stand. Feed yourself on that because your emotions are going to tell you to do a whole bunch of other stuff. But the world, without being able to feed on that bread, is trying to find its identity in who they are. Because at the very heart of man, we want to be accepted and loved. That, that, that's, you know, at the very centre of who we are. We all want that. We want to be accepted and loved. And, and to be honest, we'll do anything sometimes to get that. To be accepted, I'll do whatever we've got to do. To, just to fit in. If, if, if you accept me in your crowd, well, what, what do I need to do to do that? I remember growing up as a kid, I'd, you know, if, if we're going to go and steal something, I'll go and steal something if that means I'll be part of the accepted. So I'll become a thief. That's who I am. God's here. <laughs> the second one is... And these are two really, and I don't mean to um, at all highlight on these today, but I just want to make a point. So number one, identity, who am I? And number two, destiny. People are trying to create paradise on earth, yet we'll never achieve it. We live in a fallen world with cyclones and earthquakes and famines and droughts. And I think, you know, I'm not going somewhere, but I think you know what I allude to, but I don't want to get often a political thing here or whatever. But what I'm saying is that, again, if we're feeding ourselves with this, you know, we can create this utopia on earth because that's what we want. God's put that in our hearts. That was God's plan for us. 
But we feed ourselves on all this other stuff to say we can do it now. We can, we can change the world and make this utopia now. There's a whole idea behind the Gaia movement, G-A-I-A, uh, Mother Earth. And, 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 and don't get me wrong, I was disgusting what we've done on parts of the, the planet. You know, the, the, uh, some beautiful places like Bali that is just absolutely littered. The, the, the waters are just absolutely filled with plastic, with the, the, the amount of seabirds and animals that are being, you know, either choked or whatever through eating all the plastic. And it's not a good thing. But let me say this. We will not create paradise on earth. We live in a fallen world. Because this isn't the end stop. The, you know, he said, Jesus said, see, I go and prepare a, pray, a place for you. This isn't it. If we think this is going to be it, you're going to be really, really disappointed. I mean, this is really cool. I mean, I love it. This is really cool, the surf, the weather, the, you know. But it's not... It's, if we feed ourselves on the wrong thing, that's, that's the answer we're going to kind of, kind of get from doing that. Identity and destiny. So if our hunger is look for any other area than God, we're going to remain hungry. Because blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They will be filled. So we're a bunch of contented people here this morning because our goal is not to, or has been to find out who we are and we discover who we are. And there's a contentment in that. Can I, can I suggest, and you know, I've kind of alluded to, to groups of people that we're seeing a lot of at the moment. Our job is not to rail against people that don't see what we see and understand what we, un- what we understand. We're called to love people regardless of their projection for destiny or their idea of identity. We are to love people. Do you know the only people that God ever railed, Jesus ever railed against was the religious ones? Everybody else, he just, he just loved on them. And that's what we're called to do. Anything I see that's divisive, um, even between me and the world. Now, I'll take a stand for what's right and wrong. But when things become divisive, I, I, I don't, I, we'll, be called, we'll be called to take a stand on, on some things. That, that's, you know, that's coming. Anyway. So what makes you hungry? Where do you turn for nourishment? When you are spiritually hungry, what do you feed yourself with? And it's, quite, and it's, a, uh, it's not a rhetorical question, but I don't want to show our hands because probably get some outrageous answers. <laughs> I want you to think about it and ask yourself, what do I feed myself? What am I feeding myself with? But pray, read, worship, fellowship. Things are going to feed you. Man, you're just going to get hungry. You're going to be unhappy. You're going to be wanting something else if you're not giving yourself those things. Paul taught in Hebrews 5.12, and, and again, I'll be fairly firm here, but I've, I've started to find, as I said to, to Pastor Eric the other day, I think I'm getting too old now to worry too much about some things that I say. <laughs> Hebrews 5.12. And uh, Paul's talking about them still needing milk. Christians and needing milk. And I thought about this, and it says by this time you should be, you know, eating the word. 
you might just turn up here and on a Sunday and you're just getting the milk from, you know, just Pastor Dan's preaching and you sit here and you're, that'll, that'll, that'll do me. Can I, can I tell you, just getting, although there is some depth, we've talked about this, we've got this 20, 25 minutes that you've got to try and feed the flock. And so it's never going to be, you know, the deep, it's just going to be just let's get them through, you know, and hopefully that they're going to start to, you know, through it by me talking like this, you're going to say, yeah, I, I need to take a little bit more responsibility about what I'm putting in. What am I reading? What am I doing? Am I, am I putting the word of God in? Am I, you know, dealing with stuff? Interesting here, and I don't want to be, don't want to be, not the word gross, I don't know what the word is, but anyway, he's not talking about using a baby's bottle here. He's talking about breastfeeding. Now, I'm very imaginative in my mind, but a whole bunch of adults breastfeeding on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Mama, yeah. <laughs> Milk, Mo. Oh, I'm serious. Maybe you go, oh, that's, you know, but I'm trying to make a point here. I'm trying to make a point. <laughs> when are we going to start making some sandwiches for ourselves? I mean, do you know what I mean? You know, children grow and, and, and they grow up either on the bottle or the breast or whatever, but there's at some point they start eating and I imagine your children now come home and don't ask, Dad, can I have a bottle? Well, they do. Hey? They're going to go, they're going to make themselves a sandwich and they're going to feed themselves. Don't just leave it to just a little thing on a Sunday morning for 20 minutes. It's actually going to feed you. This Man, you got to feed yourself. Sorry. I love what Dan said. Love. I, that's why I didn't feel bad saying this. When you talked about giving, you said, if you haven't had have a revelation, pray this week so you get one. That was really good. Yeah, rather go, oh, it's okay. No, listen, we need to be spoken to firmly sometimes. We need to be, we need to be told, hey, what are, you, what are you doing with this? This is really serious stuff. This is about eternal life and not just yours, about other people's. Whatever you're feeding yourself, you're going to feed others. You know, well, I don't know. I just, I go on Sunday and I think he said, no, well, because I mean, Pastor Dan could go off the track. It's happened. True story. True story. Not yet. Hannah, on the other hand. <laughs> I mean, there's no story about Jim Jones. Have you, some of you ever heard of Jim Jones? He's a Pentecostal, Pentecostal pastor, moved down to uh, South America, down called a place called Jonestown. I think there was about 1,300 or 800. Anyway, people, there's a Pentecostal pastor. There's a church... Not dissimilar to this. They all moved down there after this guy and they all committed suicide because they believed this man was telling them what God was saying. You need, you need to know. You need to know what God is saying. You need to read your Bible. Read the Old Testament. The part I read before is out of Exodus, out of the Old Testament. So when you get to the New Testament, you go, ah, oh, bit of a whodunit. Anyway, 
Here we go. Anyway, bada bada bum. Pray, read, worship, fellowship. Oh, seriously, is today the extent of your being fed? Because if it is, you're going hungry and you're going to feed yourself with something else. You know when you had a Chinese meal and two hours later you're hungry again? <laughs> so it's going to happen here. You come here, two hours later you're going to be hungry again because, oh, I need some more. And you go looking for it somewhere else. Bread has been considered the staple of food for thousands of years. So Jesus is equating himself as absolutely essential for spiritual life. Essential. John 6.48, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and died. So if you read the Old Testament, you'd understand what he's talking about there. But this, speaking of himself is the bread which comes down from heaven so that a man may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And truly the bread that I will give is my flesh, which will I, I will give for the life of the world. Now that's deep, isn't it? A little bit of take home in there. The... <laughs> The food we take must be assimilated, converted into substance of the body, or it will be useful, useless for the purpose intended. Put the word to work. Something happens in your life, you've got a word to go to. That's, that's, that's what feeding on the word. I've been, I've been battling with a bit of, bit of Arthur, as Kenny calls it, and, uh, and well, I'm painful, a bit of arthritis, anyway. So I've got a choice when that pain's going on. To either go, and I do, as my wife will agree. But, or I can say that by his stripes I've been healed and stand on that. Yeah, but you still hurt. But I am the living word. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. I've got to choose that. I've got to choose that over my feelings, my emotions. It's a choice that I have to make. And then the earlier you come to that realisation, the, the, you know, the, the, the better it will be for you. Okay, breaking bread together is an amazing event. I love eating with people. It's just, it's just something about it. Eating with one another is the height of Christian fellowship. Sharing, relaxing, talking and being knit together. It's a very special thing. So too is the breaking bread with God. Sharing, relaxing and being knit together in intimacy. It's the same thing. Sit and I talk and I... And I share with him what's going on in the world. It's like friends, good friends. I love sitting and talking with, with good friends and the, the conversation is free and open and, and honest. The same too with God. Sharing that this intimate moment, this, this time of, of communion, if you like, partaking of his flesh. As I said, one of the biggest battles is our emotions. It'll often it'll stand in direct opposition Give us our daily bread. It's got to be daily. Give us our daily bread. Man does not live by bread alone. It's by his word. Because all scripture is inspired by God. Do you want to know what God's thinking? Okay. Here we go. Do you want to know what God's thinking? Because I really feel the prophetic is on this place this morning. 
This is going to be the most profound thing. I really feel this in the Holy Ghost. One of the most profound things you've probably ever heard in the life of church. Even in this, maybe, yeah, in this church, and maybe if you've been from another church, where you've never heard anything like that. This. Oh, just hang on, I'm getting more. <laughs> Do you know what God's thinking? Could I borrow that? That's what he's thinking. That's all he's thinking. There he is. What are you thinking, God? We don't have to go and get some extra revelation. It's all here. It's alive. A loaf of bread sitting on the, on, on the table will always remain a loaf of bread until it's eaten and then it is assimilated and turns into energy and life. This, picked up and read, will turn and assimilate life. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. It's not just a book. It'll be a book. You just leave it on the, on the, on the, on the table. It's, it'll just stay a book. You pick it up and read it, and something happens. It's like when we give. It's just money. But the minute this thing happens when you give, the supernatural gets on it. There's all these things that, that happen in, in, in our Christian world that are just so powerful. Sharing the gospel. They're just words. But boy, they become supernatural. People say after, after meeting sometimes, oh, it's incredible. You, I felt like you were just talking to me when you said such and such. And you think, I didn't even say that. Because they were just words. But to them, God gets on it. I am the bread of life. I make a covenant with you that I will feed and sustain and fulfill you that you would never hunger again. That's what he's saying. I am the bread of life.